Well, happy Advent. Happy Advent. I mean, you got to admit, the church looks pretty good all decorated like this. Well, it was about five days before Thanksgiving, and I'm at the grocery store, and I ran into this lady I know, and she says, Pastor Al, all we want this year is an ordinary Christmas. And I just didn't leave it alone. I said, okay, what's an ordinary Christmas? And she said, it's one where the whole family gets together. Everybody's healthy. The food is good. And nobody gets in a fight and we get along. I thought, that sounds okay. But then she says, but you got to know that Aunt Jean died last year. And that Uncle Fred is in the care facility now. And our son Tom, he's going to Indianapolis to be with his girlfriend's family. And then she said, and you know my husband Frank is my husband and that's the way that goes. And I couldn't believe the last one. She says, and by the way, you know, we don't talk to the Jensen side of the family. So they won't be there. And I thought, whoa, ordinary. Just your run-of-the-mill everyday holiday season. And I was going to say to her, well, you know, maybe you should read through all the gospel lessons that take us into Christmas, all the Advent lessons. Because you know what? Christmas wasn't ordinary. And it didn't happen amongst ordinary people. I mean, let's just ask for a minute, who here has never had a twist or a turn or a challenge at holiday time? Yeah, we've all had to deal with stuff. And some of it's been easy and some of it's been, who here is living a Hallmark life? Well, let, me, let me just check this out. Do you know? that you can watch 150 Hallmark movies on TV and not one person gets COVID, okay? I mean, on a Hallmark movie, everybody falls in love, everybody stays in love, the right things happen, and it's a happy ending every time. Okay, now we know none of us are living Hallmark lives. Advent. Advent means coming. He is coming. And Emmanuel, God is with us. God with us. What a message. And today, as you heard Pastor Scott say in his children's sermon, the word today is wait. Wait and watch. Oh, we're good at that, waiting and watching. I I remember when my kids were little, we had an advent calendar. And we didn't start opening the advent calendar till the day after Thanksgiving. And it was a big deal with Ben and Liz as to whose turn it would be. And we had to keep a pretty tight schedule on that. And oh, they loved taking turns, waiting for that door on Christmas Day to open. And we also had this 
kind of wooden advent wreath. Um, and every Sunday we tried to talk about the candles. That didn't go as well. But I'll tell you, um, Thursday, Thanksgiving, we have all the kids over and a couple of their wives and my grandson, Roman, and somebody brings Roman a chocolate advent calendar. Now, you know how it is at holidays. Everybody's talking and people are kind of coming and going and getting food and this and that. And when that advent calendar came, we just kind of put it back on the buffet over here. And we went in the kitchen and prayed and then people started dishing up food. And, you know, it was just kind of a real discombobulated moment. All of a sudden, Roman is gone. And so is the advent calendar. <laughs> and it took us only a minute. I swear, not more than a minute to find him. And he's in on our bed, and December 5, 6, 7, and 8 are wiped out. And that 19th and 20th of December are gone too, and so is Christmas Day. And he looks up at his mother, and he says help Roman open because he couldn't get the rest of the doors open. But that's how, that's how Advent goes for a lot of us, is we kind of just pick and choose our way through Advent because there really is no juice in Advent. I mean, how many of you decorated your houses, put out lights for Advent? Thank you. Oh, you're lying. You've raised your hand just to get attention. Okay. Hey, do you want to come up and preach? <laughs> okay. How many of us sent out Advent greeting cards? Nobody. Okay, how about this? Advent doesn't have an animal. Okay? Thanksgiving's got the turkey. Christmas has got the camel and the donkey, and the donkey shares time with Easter, but Easter's got the bunny. What does Advent have? The Advent aardvark, maybe? The Advent elephant? We don't have any identity in Advent. It's as Pastor Scott said, we're funneling ourselves and our lives to Christmas already, and it's not even December yet. Ordinary people, that's you and me. People who are a lot of times nondescript, just quietly moving towards Christmas. What do we celebrate on this first Sunday in Advent? You heard the gospel lesson. We talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. I know, that's a big subject, isn't it? We all want to talk about it. Here's a second coming joke for you. What did Jesus say to the Green Bay Packers this year? No. He said, don't do anything till I come back. But that's about as close to Advent as we can get. 
But now let me ask you a really hard Advent question. Can it be true for you and me that our lives can truly be renewed this Christmas with Jesus Christ? Can we truly in our lives grow closer to Jesus? You look at all these characters throughout Advent. Let's take that innkeeper for an instant. So busy dealing with his own stuff that he just shoes away this pregnant lady and her husband. Are we too busy to talk to the neighbor who's going through a messy divorce? Or how many solicitations are you getting at your house right now? I'm getting a lot. Everybody wants a dime. And yet ask yourself, what happens to the 100 most needy cases in January, July, and October? Who cares for those people the rest of the year? Imagine. Imagine when our lives take the twists and turns that they do And ask yourself, do we only look for ordinary or do we look for Emmanuel, God, with us? Now, as you go through these coming weeks, I've kind of determined that the most Lutheran guy in this whole Advent story is Joseph. Okay? Because Joseph is a law and order man. Joseph says, let's quietly put her away. We're going to pretend this never happened. We're going to get on with our lives and nobody's going to know. We're not even going to put it on Facebook. And then God says, no, Joseph, we're not going to do it that way. But let me ask you the second Advent question then. How many of us have conveniently organized our lives so that God is not very confrontational with us. You ever thought about that? That it's pretty easy to organize life so that God is out here and never really deals with who we are. And I have a suggestion for you. And that is that on Christmas Eve this year, we bring all the messiness all the gunk of life, and we lay it before that manger, and we ask Jesus Christ to renew us and to make us new and to draw. What's that song we sing? O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray, cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Okay. I'm going to give you three pictures of Advent, and I'm going to quit this morning. How's that for a good deal? Here's the first one. I know to this family, husband, wife, and three kids. The kids are all in their late 20s, early 30s now, and they have a tradition that on Christmas morning when they open presents, the first present opened is always one that somebody gives to somebody else. And this is how their tradition started, is they realized how self-serving of a family they were. And they said, let's do something for other people. And so that first year, they 
all pick names. And then you had to give a gift worth $40 or more to touch the life of somebody else in Jesus' name. Well, the first year, the husband draws his wife's name. And he's not going to get beat at this. And he looks around and he finds this missionary organization in Africa where you can sponsor an animal that will help a village. And he sponsors a water buffalo. And this water buffalo, and I didn't know this, a water buffalo can keep 30 people alive for a year. He spent a lot more than 40 bucks. But do you know, ever since then, this family has kept a running list of all the things they've sponsored and done at Christmas. Things from foster care to adoption to homeless shelters to food pantries to violence prevention to save the whales to the Humane Society. It goes on and on of how they have lived their faith at Christmas time. How about us? We got some time to think about it. How will the gift get opened where we touch the lives of other people? Picture number two. I think we've all seen on TV those stories where soldiers come home from the war theaters and surprise their families. And I saw a really cool one about two weeks ago. The whole town is in on this deal, and they are holding a school assembly, and they tell the mother that her nine-year-old daughter is getting an award and she has to be there. And they told something else to the nine-year-old daughter and the six-year-old son. But anyhow, the whole school gets in the gym, and they got this big box up on the stage. And they get the mother and the daughter and the son up there, and they say, we have a surprise for you. And they roll the box away, and there's her husband, their father. And it's one of those moments where if you didn't cry, you don't have a heart. Because he just hugged them and told them he loved them and cared for them. And he was so glad to be with them. I give you that picture because I don't wonder if that's the picture we don't need when we talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. That when Jesus comes back, somebody is coming who loves me, who cares about me, who calls me his own. It's not all this earthquake and fire and volcano. It's a moment of great love. And it's my Jesus calling me his own. So tuck that one away. But here's your third Advent picture. It's from a book review that I recently read. The author's name is Katherine Nielsen, and the book is entitled When Everything We Asked For Is Impossible. It's the story of how she worked in a hospice unit as her 45-year-old friend was dying. And her comment was, I learned how to love recklessly when time doesn't count. 
Imagine people dying, not knowing how long they have, how many hours or days are left. Maybe that's our story, our story of Advent, that God loves recklessly to call us his own, that Advent can never be ordinary. Christmas, never ordinary, because God is loving recklessly to be our God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.